Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hey, this is Jules Down here. Welcome back. I have a really cool guest for you today, especially if you run pay traffic. I've got a good one for you. So this guy has gone and analyzed. He's hired a data scientist to pour over $80 million in ad spend that they've managed and over 10,000 video ads that have worked for clients to distill what are the top seven performing ads according to the data and not just opinion and my guest today is Travis Chambers from Chamber Media so we go over those seven different types of uh, ad types why they work why some things don't work so well and uh, just some of the learnings uh, that Travis has had from over seven years of of creating a lot of humor style video especially so if you're into interested into how do you sell by being funny with humor, this is a podcast for you. Uh, and without further ado, let's get into today's podcast with Travis Chambers. Hey there, this is Jules Dan from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Travis Chambers from Chamber Media. Travis, thank you for coming on to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, I'm really pumped to have you on the show today. We were just talking about before how you do all the shoots for Russell Brunson. My listeners here, I talk about Russell quite a bit. He's a genius marketer. So you're talking to the right audience. I'm, I'm super pumped, but you know, I'd love if you could tell my audience a little bit about your back history, um, how you got to where you are today and what are you focusing on in your business? Yeah. So I, uh, I started making movies when I was a little kid, put the VHS, the big shoulder mounted camera, I mm-hmm. duct taped it to my motorcycle helmet, took it off some jumps, broke it, got grounded. Oh, before the GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like the, 20 pound broke GoPro. Yeah. Um, told my parents I wanted to be the guy that made commercials for movies at like 11. Anyways, um, which I ended up doing at 24. Mm-hmm. But um, I uh, was just finishing school and my wife and I made a viral video as like a, a joke, as a stunt. And it got picked up by Good Morning America, which is um, one of the biggest like national morning shows, morning shows here in the United States. Yep. I think. Yep. Seven or eight million people watch it every morning. And then um, it's it's kind of like the show Good Day, Good Day Australia, Good Day Australia. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what the show is there. <laughs> we've got to, okay, we've got Today and we've got Sunrise, but I know we're talking about, yeah. The <laughs> okay, morning cool. Shows. Yeah, cool. So, um, and then we, we're on Tosh.0 and all bunch of shows like that. Yeah. And um, uh, Crispin Porter and Bogusky reached out. They're big creative agency. And they asked to license a video for Kraft Mac and Cheese. It just so happened to be the agency I dreamed of working at since I was uh, in high school. Mm-hmm. So I said, I will give the video to you for free if you give me an interview. Got hired, brought us to LA. Um, a year later, Turkish Airlines walks in and says, we want to make the most viral out of all time. And that was like my thing. And yep. we did it. 
150 million views, 3 million shares later, most viral ad of all time. And then I went to 20th Century Fox, was making social ads for um, and posts for movies, X-Men and stuff like that. And yep. then uh, they cut me loose. I guess it just wasn't, wasn't pulling my weight. Uh, childhood dreams shattered. Couldn't keep up with the Hollywood pace. Um, had a had a daughter. Got dad got Parkinson's cancer, and I just had a midlife crisis and started Chamber Media. And, yeah. And now we're seven years in, and you know, doing about fifteen million a year, one hundred twenty eight, one hundred twenty six employees, and that's the story. You're rocking it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm really curious. Is a viral video a key part of what you do in your business, or like what, what's your focus on right now with Chamber Media? Yeah, so we don't do viral video anymore because it doesn't exist really anymore, which is a shame because it was so much fun back what then. Mean, what do you mean it doesn't exist anymore? <clears throat> um, the algorithms don't really allow ads to go viral anymore oh, because okay. they want brands to pay for the reach. So the algorithms are really good at determining if something's an ad. So wow. even if an ad gets picked up on the news, Reddit, mm-hmm. and is just going crazy, um, if it's an ad, Facebook, YouTube, they'll, they'll throttle it so that yeah. it doesn't go viral. Yeah. Well, I don't want to so, steal your thunder, but I'm just curious, you know, cause, cause Russell meant I remember a few years ago, he hired like the Harmon brothers or something to produce mm-hmm. some viral videos. Yep. Does that mean people that used to call people used to call us the Harmon brothers, little brother. <laughs> <laughs> they did. We're actually down the street and we used to have a pretty similar, um, kind of like similar niche a couple yep. of years ago. And then we both, we both like split in different directions. Um, but, uh, but so yeah, they're still doing awesome stuff. Really great guys. And, um, but yeah, it, it all started. We were both in that kind of like viral ad mm-hmm. world, you know? Yeah. So yeah. And now you've pivoted. But now, now we're, now we're the little brother grew up though. And now we're like wrestling, you know, in the front yard and having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> i love that parallel and analogy that's awesome yeah all right so yeah. so now you're obviously focusing towards more on ads um i know you mentioned um in some of your notes here you've got seven foundational ads every brand should have um when we're talking about brands are we talking really big brands or just you know everyone all brands yeah so the guy that's doing half a million a year or 400 grand a year mm-hmm. and the and the company that's doing 400 million a year they should all be, they should all have these ads. Even, even the little people making, you know, around six figures. Yes. Okay, cool. I want to hear these yeah. uh, foundational ads if that's all right. Yeah. Um, let's see. Sometimes I, I don't get them all. Oh, memorized. if you can't remember all of them, maybe what are the top three? That might be easier to digest for the audience. Well, okay. Uh, I usually can remember them all. So well, let me first explain how we found these. Of right? course. Go for so it. So these aren't, these are not our opinion of what works. These are, we took um, the 80 million in spend we've managed mm-hmm. and the over 10,000 video ads over the last seven years, we put them into a database and we, 10, co- we manually with the virtual assistant codified multiple parameters of every single ad. And then we gave it to um, hired a machine learning engineer to, to, to mine this database. Mm-hmm. And what we found was the hundred top performing ads that they distilled into seven categories. Oh, okay. And this is intriguing. Keep going. Then we we took it a step further, and then we put um, we put forty thousand ads from the top Shopify stores, mm-hmm. the top one percent of their ad creative, in the database as well. 
and mined all of that. And we found some insane insights um, on this stuff. But the seven ad categories that get the most performance generally are yep. spokesperson, <clears throat> um, product demo, unboxing, social proof, case study, lifestyle, and dynamic ad. Those are the seven. And we can go through those if we, if we want later on. Yeah, I've got three down. <laughs> My memories, I'm like scribbling down to do notes. All right. I think we'll, we want to start a spokesperson because that sounds like you're advocating the product or I'm just completely off. Yeah. Yeah. Spokesperson is um, the one that we're kind of known for. Mm-hmm. And it's it was the kind of the pioneer of um, this kind of thing. I'm trying to pull up these up so I can explain them. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. No, well. no stress, man. So um, the spokesperson ad is what Dollar Shave Club did. Did you see that ad? Uh, a long time ago? It, it was like Dollar a humorous ad and he like walks around and he like kicks stuff. I don't know, something like, it, it was, can you tell me, explain the details. I completely butchered it. <laughs> no, it's all good. So the Dollar Shave Club ad was, was um, I think it was back in like 2011, 2012. This is before Facebook um, video ads even existed. And it was just this guy in the warehouse. They, they made it for like eight grand. They pulled in like 20 grand worth of favors. Um, and it, it was a funny ad. It did so well that they, they ended up getting bought by Unilever for a billion dollars just a few years later. Mm. Um, and, and this was after Old Spice did a lot of viral stuff too. So that's kind of where the spokesperson video somewhat started, but, but really the spokesperson video does so well because it's just, it's the, it's the same sales pitch that's been working for 5,000 years when you were in the market in Egypt and you were going to decide which guy you were going to buy fish from. Yeah. And you you would look at the guy, you'd look in his eyes and you'd say, how fresh are these fish? I think this guy's got the freshest. I can't verify it, but I trust this guy. And that's why the spokesperson ad works is it's just that one-on-one sale kind of thing. Yeah. So um, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I'll cut you off. Oh, sorry. Um, well, it's also the most underutilized ad type. Um, so of the top 1%, top 1% of the top 2000 Shopify stores ads, only 2% are spokesperson ads. Um, but of that 2%, they are by far the highest performing ads yeah. Is that because they're putting a face behind a product and people will buy from people so they can really relate with that person? Yeah. It instills trust. And what's interesting about a spokesperson ad, sometimes we call it an everything ad mm. because when a person is pitching you, they're going to give you all the information. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when there's not a person, it's harder to give all the information because then you have to do it with visuals or text overlays or whatever. But people like listening to people. And so sometimes we call an everything ad because it'll include the other six foundational ads within that ad. So during the process of that spokesperson ad or everything ad, you'll have a product demo, social proof, a closer ad, a case study, a lifestyle, and an unboxing. Mm. So it's like the super ad. It's the, and it doesn't always work. You know, there are a few industries where it doesn't work that great. Like apparel it doesn't do that great um and and then there's other products too that 
are more impulse products that maybe don't necessarily need all that persuasion, if that makes sense. Yep. So the second one is a product demo. That's a pretty self-explanatory one. Social proof is like an opinions of brand byproduct from consumers, influencers, blogs. Yeah, sure. Things like that. Four is closer ads. So those are really in your face, aggressive discounts, limited time only, running yeah. out of stock. Um, Real scarcity and urgency. Now. Yeah. Urgency. Uh, case study is anything empirical. And it's any type of proof. So if you're doing skincare or supplements, well, what are the um, what are the peer-reviewed scientific studies that have been done on the ingredients themselves? Yeah. Or what kind of um, claims are you allowed to make? Have you mm. done scientific studies? Have you done? And um, you know, it doesn't always have to be like scientific. You could do befores and after, before and after type thing. Yeah. Um, anything that just proves yeah, at different levels of proof, what you do. So the analytical people, the creative people, people want to see social proof, influencers, customers, all that sort of good stuff. I'm curious to know, Travis, where do you, where do you weave an emotional story into these ads? Cause, um, some of them hit uh, emotional story just hits it out of the park. Um, other times they're bomb. Is it an element in all of them or is it only for a few different type of uh, ads you're trying to create? So I've been a student of this for over 10 years now, and it was about 10 years ago that I really started studying what are all these triggers, these emotional ties. And the emotion was actually way more important back in the viral video days mm. because emotion was, was the only ingredient necessary to make something go viral. I even, I was seven or eight years ago, I actually read a study where the New York Times analyzed all of their email blasts that they had done to find out what the most viral emotion was. What was the emotion that people felt that made them share stuff the most? And it was anger. That's why mm -hmm. American news outlets are focused on making Americans angry. It's not really because it's newsworthy. And it's not motivated by anything else, but like, how can we make people angry? And that's why you see what's happening happen in our country right now. Yeah. And so they figured that out. Um, and that's, that's the most viral emotion and you can't use that emotion with ads. It's very difficult. So as time has gone on and virality has gone away, it has drastically limited the kind of emotion that we can do because now we're very heavily in direct response. So we don't have the luxury of showing a fat kid running on a street for Nike and just making you feel something about this kid. Mm. We don't have that luxury. Now we got to sell the whole time. And so when I'm pitching you, it's very difficult for me to tug on your heartstrings or to do a sappy inspirational story because I'm selling you, which cheapens mm. the experience. So the emotion that we have found that works really great with direct response is relatability and humor. Sure, and absolutely. humor is really just relating with people's pain because humor is mostly rooted in pain or observations of things that are exactly. not the way they should be. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the emotion that we have really played on and it breaks down barriers and it makes people feel invited. It makes them feel like it's a two way relationship. Um, and there's a value exchange. So it makes people feel good and, and, and that someone else out there is understands kind of what they're going through. And then the natural inclination is to reciprocate. Mm. 
and you know oftentimes people reciprocate with their credit card <laughs> awesome and so so to get people hooked into the story do you use emotion or do you use um because you said you can't really do that that transformation fat kid running sort of thing um but do you use humor to break the ice and say like the headline or is it emotion like trigger sort of emotional disturbance and then transition to break the tension yeah so we found a pattern that works um and it's a hook teaser problem solution so the hook is is a is a really wide genre of things it's most often just a jolting visual of some kind Mm. So we've had a guy jump off of a roof and dunk a basketball. We've had a car hit a garage. We've had a guy throw the, a towel at the camera and say, stop scrolling. Um, we've had yep. a girl hanging upside down 80 feet in the air from a crane hanging by her socks just yep. for a sock ad. Um, and you put, Russell 50- on, you put Russell on wires for his one, one funnel away and make him drop down. Was that you? <laughs> Yeah, I was up there on wires with him with the GoPro. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> He's in good shape. It, I had a heart. I almost threw up and I, my back was hurting and I was only up there half as long as he was. That guy is made of something pretty hardcore, man. Well, he, he apparently, take, I think he listened to his podcast. I think he takes like 150 bucks worth of supplements a day just to energize him. Like, no. Oh, yeah. Like, really? he, he's full into it. Um, but dude okay i've been i asked him actually about that and he didn't answer me um where do i find out where the what those su- supplements are well, he takes a ketone ester which is like 30 dollars a bottle or something then he takes his <laughs> then he takes his uh prove it which is another five bucks and then he's got i think i don't think he's gone into his full list but he talks about if you're curious he's he's a guru for nootropics and all of that is anthony de clementi he's into biohacking I used to be into, I used to be really into biohacking. You heard of that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I um, I'm big into the like Reishi. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm big into the adaptogen stuff. I take um, I have a Whoop strap. It measures my heart rate variability, which is your oh yeah major. Yep. It's yep. the main recovery thing, and um, I take Calm by Rasa adaptogens, and my HRV up went up twenty percent. It's crazy. Uh, and how did you feel in general after that? So I have a really hard time calming down at the end of the day, mm-hmm. super high energy. And so that it calms me down and it just, uh, the stress is pretty much gone. Oh, but okay. I know there's a tons of different things that do that, but melatonin is like not great, but this mushroom stuff's great, man. It's awesome. Have you tried what, what's your, what, what yeah, you what's your sorry? hacks? Well, there's what a company been- in Australia called Life Cycle, and they do mushroom extracts. So they do lion's mane, mushroom. Um, what's the other one? Uh, I can't remember. It's the energy one, but um, cordyceps. I found that uh, lion's mane is just one of those things that works. Like the first time you take it, um, cold showers are definitely a must for me. Like. Uh, especially when it's winter right now in australia i go in the i go in there and it's five degrees outside nothing beats more than that um but yeah that's about it just you know i, I don't want to go too over the, i don't have 150 bucks to spend on supplements every day i don't think a lot of people do but russell's a different <laughs> machine um yeah. but yeah um i, I do want to I, I love talking just going off on these little tangents it's, it's awesome just to get to know my guests a little bit more but i do want to sort of like steer it back a little bit more 
about, you know, storytelling inside of your story structure and your ads and stuff. Could you just recap those, those four elements or five elements inside of those ads? So you had like that hook and then you had the next thing. So there's the hook. That's just the three second visual that makes you stop. It's like a car crash. You can't yep. look away yep. from, and it could be a question. Um, it, it can be, there's a tons and tons of different ways to do that. Um, matter of fact, I should do, I should put all the different hooks that we've had. I should put that into like a presentation sometime. Yeah. I was going to ask how, how would one study the art of the hook? Everyone gives formulas and stuff, but you still have to think of them, right? Where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, actually, if, if you just went to our chamber media, YouTube channel, which just has all of our commercials there, that's probably about the best study that you could get. Okay. Because almost all the ads on that channel are $50,000 plus ads. So you think 50 grand of creative and writing plus, and a lot of them, 100, 150 grand has gone into that. So you can see the very like top end of what a good hook is. Yeah. And then on your web YouTube channel, just search it. Yeah. You just look up chamber media, you'll see it. And, um, and then the thing is too, is you can replicate those hooks in stuff that you're making at home on an iPhone you know, the hooks are pretty, pretty much the same, but you'll notice if I go, if I really think about it, most of them are visual jolts and and they're not much more than that. It's something just completely visually jolting that forces you to pay attention. Um, And then the teaser is where you, and a lot of YouTubers do this is where you, and a lot of TV shows do this too whatever the most exciting thing is that's going to happen mm-hmm. or whatever the, you know, um, JJ Abrams calls it's the mystery box. If you've ever watched lost, you watch six or seven seasons of this show and it never, you never find out what happens. And then at the end, and they said that by the third or fourth season, the writer still didn't know how actually it was going to end. There was no ending to the plot. They didn't, they're that's just building up this huge mystery box. And yeah. People were pretty mad because the ending was pretty much pointless and people oh. felt like they wasted their lives. But wasted. I can't remember. <laughs> There's so many hours poured into that. Oh, man. But, but the concept the that you're trying to bring into it is, uh, is teaser. Important. A teaser is, you're, yeah, it's like a question or, you know, we did a, an ad for Transparent Labs and he's standing in front of two huge blunders and he's like, stick around because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn on these blunders. And you're like, dude, I want to see the blunders turn on. Is YouTubers that what you push on like the phone so well. and then all this and then like nails and all this other crap in the blenders? We um we put like the ingredients of our supplement versus the competitor's supplement. So the competitor's supplement had like corn syrup. Oh smart. And then we also just dumped garbage in there. <laughs> <laughs> um and it had a bunch of other stuff too, like um uh what's that stuff that's cellulose? cellulose wood filler all that kind of stuff and then we put our ingredients in and we Mm. showed the we showed the like clinical studies of our ingredients and stuff that's smart so the teaser is really you know important and it just sets up the rest of the video and then if you notice disney movies do it have you noticed have you ever noticed every disney movie the parent of one of the characters dies bambi mom dead okay Nemo, mom, dead. Yeah. Frozen, parents, 
dead. Always puts him in jeopardy, right? And and it's a teaser. It's like yeah. they just lost everything. They lost their parents. Now what are they gonna do? Who are they? Who are they gonna be? What are they made of? Oh, is this me? Am I a child? That anyways, it's it's pretty That's... messed up, dude. If you go through a list of the top grossing Disney movies, eighty percent of them kill a parent in the first ten minutes. It's so messed yeah. up, dude. It's so messed up. But anyways, but after that, you, it works. Yeah. Billions of dollars on scaring the shit out of kids. Subliminally, they don't even realize what's going on. It's no. just, it just, oh. but when you pull back the curtain, it's really fascinating to understand things. Yeah, they all go to bed at night just like grinding their teeth because they think their parents are going to die and they're going to be like Bambi, you know? Well, then they ask, they're like, hey, mom, well, mom, I want to watch it again and again and again. And you're like, all right, just yeah. put it in. <laughs> I want to make sense of what's going to happen to me someday when my parents die. <laughs> it's messed up. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> so then you have the problem and the solution. So yep. the problem is powerful. Obviously, you're getting into the pain. And one of the things we learned pretty often early is that pain sells. So skincare is a really big one. So like, let's say an acne product, right? Sure. It, it cures acne, you know, it can make me feel better. Da, 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 da. Does it work? Does it not? But at the end of the day, if you have acne, you're pretty much willing to do anything to get rid of it. You don't and want that's that, why yeah. social anxiety, products, embarrassment, that sort of stuff. Yeah. That's why products that solve pain are ones that sell. If a product doesn't sell, it doesn't solve pain. They, um, you know, and it, Ferrari is a luxury, but I think that they're solving people being nerds in, in grade school, maybe yeah, yeah. Like so, getting bullied growing up. Exa- exactly. So, Ferrari so, can't touch me. So your video, <laughs> <laughs> so your videos, they, uh, they highlight the pain, but then they also give kind of like that easy button, sort of tease solution yeah solution and then the humor makes it changes it from like i want something from you to like i'm giving you something for free i'm like giving you some humor giving you some entertainment and so if they don't buy it's not like a complete waste of time it's not like the brand just wants something from yeah, them because you left them smiling you did that with russell's youtube ad which we spoke about at this before the podcast where you open it like, do you like flushing money down the toilet? So obviously that's the pain that it's, it's all lighthearted about that. And then when you transition to the Coke part where it's like, this is you trying to capture leads and then he's just completely missing it. And even when he actually did capture like a little bit of Coke during a, with the funnel, like you could see it was so imperfect, like imperfect, but um, I, was, I was definitely smiling because he had like a, a tiny little bit in the bottle, but I'm like, hey, he had more than before, but I get, I get what he's trying to say. And, and <laughs> yeah. then, and then at the end, he's just like, so you should really get this book, but you know, if you don't, that's okay. But I'm telling you, like, you should really get this book. And the whole time he was, I was, he just made me smile. So it's like, there wasn't an abrasive pitch. I'm like, that was one of the better ads I've seen for a while. Um, yeah. I'm just curious, like, who comes up with these ideas? Is it just bouncing off between people or like, I'm curious with your ideation process. Yeah. We've been doing it for seven years and until uh, three or four years ago, it was pretty, just pretty much just me and my partner and a couple employees. And, um, and then we, we started, we got like five employees and now we're, we were, we're more now, but um, now we have a a full full full-time in-house writing team that are all, They've all been trained 
Um, yep. They come from various backgrounds, but most of them come from stand-up comedy um, or performance backgrounds. That's so some kind of performing arts background. Yeah. Um, some of them come from marketing and advertising and we teach them the humor side, but uh, it is pretty hard to teach someone mm. to be funny. So usually we're, we're teaching funny people to how to sell usually. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is hard. It's hard to do that. It's it takes a long time. It's, you know, most of the people in our company can be trained in about four to six months, but our writers, it really takes them about a year to yeah. get good at it. It's, uh, it's the longest okay. training period. And it's funny because when I did my first video, Nordic track, it's like $170,000 production. I had never directed anything. I didn't have an experience really in creative and I had to rack my brain to think of concepts. And I was like throwing up, couldn't sleep well at night. Cause I just was like, dude, I don't know how to do this, but, but it's a force. You just like force yourself to learn mm -hmm. it. And eventually, but I think everybody can be funny. And I think everybody can be a good writer if they just are willing to practice every stick day with it long enough. Yeah. Have you checked yeah. out a guy called John Buchanan or Buchan? I don't know. Something like that. Uh -uh. He, he uh, writes cold emails. It's called charm offensive. Uh -huh. I'll link it to you after because he's his way of cutting through the the like breaking the ice with humor. It, it it's pretty good, dude. I need to I need to I need to hire you to audit our emails, see how good they are. <laughs> we could definitely talk about that after. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, all right. So if you want to, okay, foundations of just wanted to recap for the audience. So foundations for running good ad is that we want to jolt them, get some good attention. Then the next thing, uh, please remind me. Uh, so hook, That's jolt right. their attention, teaser, yep. give them a reason to keep watching. Yep. Um, to find out what the mystery box is going to be. Yeah, that's right. And then problem and solution. And then you want to make sure you weave calls to actions throughout the video. And that's just, you know, that's just for a spokesperson ad. You know, and you can use elements of that in other ad types too. But you've just given the framework for everyone listening right now. So hook, mm -hmm. teaser, problem, solution, and uh, re-listen to and go to Travis's YouTube channel because it's he just said he's invested hundreds of thousands of dollars directing and producing those videos. That's a yeah, gold one could, right there. You could go watch about eight million dollars of productions there. Okay, millions of dollars. Even better. millions of dollars of money. Spent. All right. So that's, yeah, that's <clears throat> dozens of people around the clock making stuff. <laughs> that sounds ultimate hook. Now I want to ask you a couple of questions about you and your biz. Um, I'm curious to know what's your vision for the next six, 12 months. My favorite thing about Aussies is they shorten words. Biz. Sunnies, biz. It's the best, dude. We should do that in America, I think. Just shorten words. Like, dude, let's go get some watt, man. Let's go get some watt. <laughs> and then uh, we'll just talk on the talk on the telly. You know, it'd be great. You should you should go to Australia. Okay, I want to, you want to hear some of them? Yeah, okay, I want to hear them. I want to hear the short shortens. Okay, we got tons. We use them all the time. Okay, afternoon. Brekkie? What's brekkie? Brekkie's breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Afternoon is Arvo. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we say Arvo all the time. Tradesman is a tradie. 
a service station, like a, a gasoline station is called a servo. So and when people say like, I want to get a pie down the servo, it's like, I want to get someone to eat at the gas station, basically. Um, servo. Oh man. Rego is like your car registration. Ambo ambulance. <laughs> your relos. Your relos are like your extended family, your relations, like relatives. <laughs> Dude, it's so awesome. It's like <clears throat> the foundation of the Australian language was like some super cool guys that were just like, yeah, dude, Arvo, man. It's awesome. I wish we did that. Anyway, I'm going to start doing it. Start with Arvo and everyone's like, what? Because I use it quite a bit in my copy. Everyone's like, what the frick is Arvo? Sick ass, sick ass. I'm just going to start saying that to people. See if they get it. All right. Um, so now, I'm sorry, now, though. That's all good. Your now question. I've educated you in uh, yeah, Australian slang. News. I'm curious yeah. to know what's the, what's your focus right now in your business for the next 6, 12 months? Like, what's your vision? It's the same thing as always is the future. So I'm looking at like connected TV and how a lot of these platforms are going to converge. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulu is especially interesting. And they've started uh, – they've started – running ads where you can select which ad experience you liked or they have QR codes on the ads now. So you could like put your phone up and buy it. So TV has always been, um, you know, challenging for direct response outside of infomercials, which have been extremely successful, um, proactive skincare and, you know, a lot of that stuff. Rotisserie can't forget that one from ron popiel yeah or like willie mays oxyclean or like the george foreman grill you know but like uh those infomercials don't exist anymore so it's gonna go somewhere so hulu i think's a a leader i really think netflix has said that they're never gonna run ads but uh i i kind of believe at some point they are because Mm. they're just running in the negative um so heavily and netflix just lost about 50 percent market share to other streaming services like disney plus yeah yeah voodoo um you yeah, we name got, it we've got like three aussie ones that have just popped up during covid people are just being like oh they don't have this show they don't have this show just yeah let's borrow that concept so okay yeah, i mean people used to, anyways it's yeah. uh, connected tv is a big one i'm looking at um, TikTok is going to be big mm-hmm. at some point as the tracking gets more sophisticated. They're doing a really good job at training people to buy things on the platform. Um, LinkedIn is struggling because no one's trained to buy things on LinkedIn. That adds a shocking, really bad. Pinterest is like a secret sleeper, man. Pinterest is really doing well and a lot of people don't realize it. But yeah, man, in the future, it's just trying to prepare for things that change. Right now, mm. um, Apple just rolled out this privacy yep. opt-out yep. option. About 70 or 80% of users have now opted out of being targeted by Facebook. And now um, I'm pretty sure Facebook is, has struck a partnership to get back-end data from Shopify, which could make Facebook even more effective than ever, possibly, if that happens. Mm. But a lot of advertisers and brands have just been completely wiped out. Fortunately, not ours, because we we get a lot of creative um, strategies to get around it, like interest-based targeting with really good creative has mm. 
has pretty much saved um, like 95% of our client accounts. But so those are kind of some things I'm looking to in the future. And so, yeah. As Russell says, you're preparing for the storm. Always, man. Yeah. The storm is always today. It's always today. Always. It's already raining. It's already blowing. It's already raining. <laughs> the house is already on fire. <laughs> um, Russell's got a huge launch coming up in January. For his new book? I've been no, it's like a new platform. And he I had been bugging him to find out what it is. He won't tell me. It's, it's under wraps, but it's he, gonna be big. Is he gonna announce that at uh what's it called? Fun hiking live? Um what's the event? Fun hiking uh, live? <clears throat> yeah. I don't know, probably. Seems like it. All right. So you're yeah. you're preparing, you're weathering the storm. You're getting all ready for all this different media. And uh, I'm curious to know what's that one thing that you need to know, you need to focus on that's maybe a little bit of a challenge in order to achieve those goals. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a management struggles. It's like running a big organization mm-hmm. and it's um, in maintaining the quality as the company gets bigger. It's when we were 15 people, our main pitch was you don't want a big agency because you're going to get the, the lesser talented junior people. So work with us instead. Mm. Well, that pitch didn't work very often, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, but that's a difficult, difficult thing, keeping the quality high. Um, our executives are developing and growing really fast, which is awesome. But um, it's just learning how to be a bigger company CEO is a very big challenge to figure out, you know? So, and I never, I never wanted to be. Still oh, just don't like, really just, want to be. Just like Russell, man. Just uh, got to pass yeah. it to your num- next person who uh, wants to be CEO. Just like Dave. Yeah, he's just, he's just like five lifetimes ahead of me. And I have zero desire to be that, to progress that far. Mm, totally. I just, it's too far, man. It's but like, it's, it's like if I wanted to become like a, it's like if I wanted to become a competitive marathon runner, nah, ain't going to happen. I could I could train for 10 years. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, NBA Russell's in the NBA and I'm not in the NBA. Yeah, I'm yeah. just don't even want to try. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I like that analogy. <laughs> Travis, um, you've, I've taken up enough of your time. Thanks so much for coming on. Where's the best place for my, if you've got something to offer my audience, you're more welcome to, to share that, but all, and you're also welcome to share, you know, where's the best place for people to find you or contact you. So you can see all of our case studies at www.chamber.media. There's no S on there, just chamber.media. Yep. And then community-wise, if you want to join us on Facebook with our free group, it's called Facebook Unicorn Ad Creatives. And we post the top uh, performing ads every day with an analysis on how much revenue they drove. I'm also super active on LinkedIn if you want to connect there and also on Instagram at uh, Travis underscore chambers. Nice. I'll definitely add you on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm there all the time. Travis, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. This is great. I love the, I love the style too. It's good oh, style. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests, freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find 
all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.